the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you today? You're listening to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast about redemption through the glory of Christ Jesus, our risen Savior. This podcast isn't made for idle people. You could just sit there and listen. And I do hope you take the time to take the message to heart. But you can do so much more. You can share it with someone else. Why? So more people will listen to this podcast? So I can get a little plaque from YouTube to hang behind me when I record videos? Hardly. If I wasn't moved by the Spirit to help spread the gospel to everyone I meet, I'd quit doing this program tomorrow. My video games aren't going to play themselves, you know. But spreading the gospel is the most loving thing anyone can do in this life. And I'm going to keep doing it until I can't do it anymore. If you find this message useful, pass it along to anyone. Sit and listen to it with them and talk about it. For today, we once again go to St. John's in Woodlake, Minnesota, where we'll listen to a meditation on Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. This sermon is from the Sexagesima, or the second Sunday before Lent in traditional church. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom to God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of their evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on a rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop, a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by perseverance, produce a crop. May God bless our time together in the word. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. If your work met with the same kind of inconsistent results as the sower in our gospel for today, 
I think you would have a problem that needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed or you're going to get fired or you're going to go bankrupt or you're going to flunk out of school if your work has the same kind of results. The sower goes out to sow his seed, but most of it doesn't grow. It never matures. Imagine if you had a field or a garden or a lawn that was like that. You, you sow it evenly. In nice, even rows, even distribution broadcast evenly across the, the field, but most never even germinates. Then there's so much weeds around the other place that you can't even see the crop or the plants that you intended to plant. All you get, all you get is a few good, rich patches. The thing is, though, if anything like this happened to us, we could fix it fairly easily. Right? If, if you sow seeds on a hard, compacted soil, you, you, you sow your seeds in the driveway, you could either not plant in the driveway, or you could till it up and fix it. If you've got a bunch of rocks, you could pick the rocks out of the field and put them in a pile somewhere. If, if you have bugs, you could spray for bugs. If you, if you have weeds, that are choking out the plants, you spray for weeds. Hoping, of course, that the work that you do is not going to harm the plants or, or do some other harm. You can fix most anything. It, the only thing you can't control, we know, is the weather. But Jesus' parable is not really about plants, but people. It's about the Word of God that is implanted within them by hearing. Jesus teaches that the, the labor of the sower, the one sending out this Word, the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist, is also met with inconsistent results. It may be spread evenly, but that's where the evenness stops. Some won't even give it a hearing, and it will not be believed, and they will not be saved. Some will believe for a while, and then they won't. They'll fall away. Some have faith that is choked out by competitors for that faith, for their attention and their time and their devotion, and they will not bear fruit. Most will not grow up and bear fruit. And as we hear the parable, we know what he's talking about. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen it play out just as he said. Both across, across our whole world, across the history of the church, and even close to home among people that we love and care about. But here we are. People who might, might sometime have planted something and have had some success in that. We might ask ourselves, well, why? Or why not? We might be tempted to conclude, well, it seems like there's a problem here that must, that must have a solution. What's the problem, we say? What's the solution? 
If we can fix it in the field, we can fix it here for sure. Well, when it comes to plant problems, those with a great deal of experience with it, they can, you know this, they can sometimes just, just look at a plant or look at the soil and they can tell what's wrong. You can tell by the way the leaves curl or their color or shape. Whether there's too much water, not enough, whether to detect some kind of disease or note a deficiency. The only one has the right experience for this is our Lord Jesus himself. Alone has the necessary experience and knowledge of the human heart and of his word that is, goes out from his mouth. He knows it. Why do some believe and not others? Why do some fall away? Well, Jesus tells us, these are the problems that Jesus points out. You want to fix it? Here's what you have to deal with. The seed that falls on the path are those who hear. And the devil comes and snatches the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So, you can fix the problem the day that you can destroy the devil. The day that you can disarm his arsenal of weapons and tactics aimed at removing the word of God from your hearts and the faith that is created by that word. As soon as you can do that, problem solved. Next, the seed on the rock are the ones that receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So if we want to fix it, then all we have to do, right, is to take away the times of testing. If people fall away when things get hard, we just make sure that they never have anything hard. Make sure they never have to do something they don't want to do, hear something they don't want to hear, or face anything they don't like. Of course, we know this is impossible. And I think every reasonable person knows that this, does, this helps no one. That this approach would only make faith weaker still. It is only by times of testing that faith grows stronger. Finally, the seed that fell among thorns are those who hear, but as they go, are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So if you have weeds, the solution is to spray something that will eliminate that which would choke out the faith. But what do you spray for? What are you trying to eliminate? It's life's worries, riches, and pleasures. You better hope it's selective. That you can find something, some kind of treatment that will, that will eliminate our worries and our cares, but save the riches and the pleasures. Could we just say, or the question becomes, can, can, we, can we keep our stuff, our toys, our idols, and just pray for the idolatry? Our obsession and our love of money and stuff?
I don't think that Jesus tells this parable for us as a problem for us to fix. There is a problem, and it's not just in some people. These, these types of soil that Jesus describes, it's not as though these are different types of, of people, as if you've got, you've got some good people and you've got bad people. I think that if we are honest, we will see that every single one of us has, each of us, has had one of these, probably all of these, responses to hearing the word of God. Sometimes it's been snatched away. Sometimes we've grown hot, then cold. And sometimes it has simply been choked out of my life by everything else, much of which is are good things that we wouldn't want to get rid of. It's a problem, but the problem is me. And not a problem that can simply be corrected. If you have ever wondered why it is that some people refuse to, to hear and believe the word of God, Often Christians will wonder that. I don't know what they do who don't believe. Why don't they? Why some people fall away from the faith who did once believe and confess? You don't have to look any further than those same attacks on your own soul by the devil himself, by the world and everything that it promises to give, and by your own sinful fallen flesh. And so rather than seeing this, this field of God's sowing, the word of God as it's preached in the world, the inconsistent results of God's word preached, instead of seeing that as a problem to be solved, let us look to and learn from the sower. To learn first, that no matter how much work the sower puts in, no matter how much care and, and work that is done for what is sown, he doesn't make it grow. The power is in the seed. The power is in the word of God. The life is in the seed. We might, by the way, take notice that the seed only grows, it only germinates when it comes into contact with water. But we'll save that wonderful connection to holy baptism for another day. We can plant. We can water. But God gives the growth. And St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, neither he nor who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Second, what does the sower in our parable do about this problem? He sows. He doesn't stop. He does not, he never withholds his word or promise from anyone who will hear. He doesn't cut them off. He doesn't even stop sowing on the driveway. 
He doesn't cut them off even if they've never listened before or cared before. What that means, and it's a wonderful reminder to us, that means that he will continue to send out his word. He will not stop, even though we have refused to listen in the past, even though we have fallen in the past, he will not continue, he will continue to send out his word to you. Even to you. Three. Sometimes seeds grow. And sometimes you can see them grow. Sometimes you can't. In fact, I think it's helpful to remember that the growth always begins below the surface. It always under the ground, away from sight, away from numbers and statistical analysis. So that even when it appears that God's word is doing nothing, to you, to someone you love. You have a promise that God does his work through his word, whether you can see it or not. That God's word, as the prophet Isaiah reminded us, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, it does something even if you cannot see it, even if what it does is not what you would choose. And sometimes, often, faith is not destroyed by times of testing. But sometimes it grows in spite of it. Trials, persecution, suffering, if faith has roots, these trials only serve to strengthen faith amidst the harshest of storms and preserves and protects it for the storm that is to come. But then finally, Sometimes faith flourishes. Sometimes it bears fruit. It persevered by perseverance, produces a whole crop a hundred times what was sown. Sometimes there are, there are these pockets of rich, lavish, abundant growth. There are people, sometimes groups, congregations, families of people who hear the word of God gladly and retain it and keep it and cherish it and love it and hunger and thirst for it and can't get enough of it. I've seen it. I've seen it among you. I've preached for those funerals where we could confess the faith. I went to one this week. These pockets, these spots where God's faith takes root and grows abundantly are models and examples for us. Something for us to aspire to and to comfort us when the harvest does not seem so abundant. The crop failure of the sower is not a problem for us to solve. You can't fix it any more than you can turn hard clay or sandy soil into perfect, rich loam. But you aren't dirt. You don't just just lie there waiting for the word of God to fall into your furrows. You, you can come in here. You can take up, pick up and read. 
On your own, you can do nothing. The life does not begin in you. The growth does not begin with you. You can make nothing grow on your own power in yourself or in others. But the Word of God, implanted in you, is living and active. You can't ensure that your faith or the faith of every member of your family will flourish forever. You can't fix everything. But if you have ears, if your children have ears, if your neighbors, your church members, your family, your friends, if they have ears, let them hear and leave the growing to God. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday divine service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look at the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.